From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. Hello, and welcome to another edition of LPL Market Signals. My name is Lawrence Gillum, fixed income strategist here on the LPL research team, and I am joined with our chief market strategist, Quincy Crosby. How are you today, Quincy? I'm fine. Thanks uh, for inviting me to join you. I appreciate it. Uh, no, no problem at all. I couldn't think of a, a better person to discuss what's going on in the markets right now. We have a, a very busy week as it relates to central banks. Uh, 11 central banks meet this week, uh, starting today, in fact, uh, where we had our first surprise. Um, mm -hmm. We'll talk through that. But uh, other central banks meeting this week, we have the, the Federal Reserve, of course, the, the Bank of England, the Bank of Japan, which may be an, turn out to mm -hmm. be an interesting meeting. So we'll, we'll yeah. talk through all that. Yeah. Um, certainly want to talk about uh, and get your perspective on equities. Equities have, have uh, really moved lower uh, since last week's higher than expected inflationary print. So certainly want to get your perspective on markets and kind of what you're looking for and uh, and expect the rest of the year on, on markets. And then finally, we'll talk about uh, interest rates, you know, how much higher can, can rates go? We've seen a big move higher in treasury yields this year. Uh, so maybe we've, we've seen the most of that move higher, but frankly, we'll, we'll get into how much higher we think interest rates can go from this point. But for sure, it's all about central banks this week. 11 banks meet this week. An expected 500 basis points of rate hikes are priced into markets. It looks like it's going to be higher than that, given the surprise that we saw today with the uh, with, with with the first uh, bank or the first central bank meeting that the Swedish bank raised rates by 100 basis points today instead of the expected 75 basis points. So right out the gate, we're already getting you know higher than, than market expectations in terms of interest rates. So busy week for, for central banks, uh, Quincy, kind of what are other, not talking about the Fed just yet, we'll get into the Fed you know a, a lot more in, in just a second, but what are some of the other meetings that you're, you're paying close attention to this week? Well, I'm actually paying very close attention to Japan because the rates have been incredibly low. Uh, the, the dollar, uh, Japanese yen, differential, just bizarre. Uh, and, and the question is, you know, are, are they going to intervene? That's the big question right now. Is, are we going to see an intervention from uh, the Bank, Bank of Japan? So we'll see how it unfolds vis-a-vis -vis their, their bank meeting, but also on the, in the currency. Uh, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's important. Uh, we forget Japan is the third largest economy. And also, Japan is the largest foreign holder of U.S. treasuries. Uh, remember, folks, they, they moved back and forth with, uh, with China, uh, who displaced them as the largest foreign holder of treasuries and also buyer of treasuries. But now Japan has got that first place um, role again. So they, it's an important, um, it's an important, it plays an important role even in our economy because, and I mentioned this, Lawrence, is whether or not uh, the Japanese are going to pick up the pace of buying. Uh, we've talked about this before because the more we have buyers come in, we, we've, it helps bring down the treasury yields, doesn't it? It makes it more attractive. And we know that they have not been buying uh, at the rate they, they've been. And a lot of it has to do with the uh, currency uh, differential. So this is going to be an interesting day or an interesting week uh, because of uh, Japan. No, no, great points there, Quincy. And what's interesting too with the with the Bank of Japan, they've been one of the outliers. They haven't been hiking rates uh, like yeah. these other central banks have. But 
their inflationary print last night came in about 3%. So now there's more discussion or, or more chatter out there is that maybe the, the Bank of Japan has to be a, a bit more hawkish than they've been in the past, which I never thought that that would be the case in my lifetime. Uh, so we'll see if they actually do it. But uh, you know, these inflationary pressures are global in nature, as we know. And maybe they're leaking into the Bank of Japan, uh, Bank of Japan's mindset as well. So we'll have to see if they're able to actually raise interest rates like these these other central banks. Uh, but I think your point about the the FX transmission is an important one, uh, as we know, as the Fed rate uh, raises rates here, that in, impacts currencies uh, globally, and that impacts our trading partners and emerging market debt. Uh, uh, countries and and the, the, their ability to service their uh, their debt uh, outstanding debt payments. So it, I mean, there's a lot going on. You know, these second and third order impacts of of just interest rate hikes that are going to flow out into the real economy, uh, especially as as the pace of rate hikes continues to be uh, higher than frankly we've seen in in, in quite some time. So mm -hmm. the other important bank uh, aside from the Fed, Bank of England, they're, they're set to meet uh, this this week. The expectation is is 50 basis points. Their economy is not doing great, though. So, I mean, I think the, the, the harder they push on, on interest rates, you know, we may see a, a slowdown in, in the Bank of, of England or even in the, the Eurozone, you know, more broadly. So they're in a very difficult situation right now. Exactly. They, they are. But then again, you also have a push on the fiscal side, which, of course, is the uh, government side, right? Monetary side is central bank. Fiscal side is the government uh, side. And we may actually see uh, the proposals coming out of the new government uh, with Liz Truss, who is the new uh, uh, head of, of the government. She comes from the uh, conservative party. She replaces Boris Johnson. But she has a, a number of um, initiatives that she wants to get through, which may uh, you know, help the economy, but, but in addition, it could also help feed inflation. This is the difficulty that we have around the world. If you help on the fiscal side, the policy side, it may just then uh, induce more inflation. But if you're a politician, you're not gonna worry about that. You, 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 want, to, you want to have a, a better approval rating when all is said and done. Yeah, no, that's that's great points. I mean, one of the the, the main responsibilities of a, of a politician is to get reelected, and the easiest way exactly. to do that is to to provide fiscal stimulus. Which, at this exactly. point in time in these these global economies, is only going to add to the inflationary pressures that we're seeing, making central banks' job a lot more difficult. So, fan exactly. fantastic point there. Talk uh, of so war. Talk of war. It it is a, absolutely a, it's a great analogy. So, turning our our attention to the the uh, the the main central bank meeting this week, and that's the, the Federal Reserve. Market expectations are for 75 basis points on Wednesday. Uh, terminal Fed funds around 4.5%, but you know, what else are you looking for out of the, uh, the meeting tomorrow, Quincy? Well, above all else, I'm watching uh, this statement, uh, but also the press conference. And the reason I'm doing that is that you know the market is. And I have to point out the initial knee-jerk reaction to the statement and then uh, as the press conference begins, comes from algorithms. And the algorithms pick up certain words, they pick up certain sentences, and uh, they move accordingly. They're, they're, they're in a nanosecond. Then, of course, that's followed by, by traders. But the point is that they're looking for anything that is either more hawkish than what he said in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, I don't know how you can be more hawkish, but if you if you are, it's going to pick it up, and I think it's going to push the dollar even higher. It will push rates higher, and the equities go down. 
Conversely, the market also seems to, Lawrence, I don't know if you agree with me, but I've been following when the market shifts and starts uh, gaining. Uh, for example, just to give you an example, when he was up on Capitol Hill, um, I think I call, I still call it the Humphrey Hawkins uh, uh, meetings, but they, they do a, 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 an assessment of the economy. But he made a comment and he said, he added this. He said, we are looking at uh, economic data points. Remember he added that and the market took that as, oh, so that does matter. So raising rates, it does matter what happens to the economy. And, and suddenly we had the market climb higher. Now, again, I think it was the algorithms picked it up, but the market also picked that up. It shifted the mindset of how dangerous the Fed could be. Also, when he speaks at the press conferences, I think the Fed knows this. They, they know exactly the words that he says and the reaction in the market. But if it has even a softish tilt to it, you could see the equity market rise and you could see probably the yields pull back. Um, and I think, you know, this is what the market is looking for. I, obviously, the, the reporters, Lawrence, are going to ask him those questions. At what point do you see the economy hurting uh, where you, you can't fix it, where, where it, 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 there's momentum on the downside? Someone's going to ask a question along those lines. Um, and and we, want, we need to see how he, he answers it. But, you know, I don't know. I do know he's mentioned Paul Volcker a number of times. Uh, and I saw that the Wall Street Journal you know, picked it up, his inner, his inner Volcker, uh, which is very hawkish, needless to say. And then also, I do want to mention this, and then I, that's it. But um, they mentioned that the Fed now is focused on one of its mandates. But I want, and that is uh, price stability. This is important because I think most folks don't realize our Fed is unique. It has two mandates. One is to create an environment of sustainable economic growth, which is the labor mandate. And the other one is price stability. Other central banks, it is only about price stability. Now, here's the, the interesting point. Have they given up on the other mandate, the labor market? No, because one of the things he says over and over again is you cannot have a healthy labor market ultimately unless you have price stability. You cannot have a healthy economy unless you have price stability. And I think he may be forced to say that yet again when folks say, well, you know, there are analysts who think you're going to push uh, the unemployment rate above 5%, above 6% if you keep going at this rate. He may have to repeat that, that line um, simply, simply because the European Central Bank Lawrence if you remember, I think it was 2008 or 2009 as the world was realizing, <coughs> sorry, realizing that portfolios were filled <coughs> with subprime mortgages. You had uh, John claude Trichet raised interest rates. Do you remember that? Yeah, for and sure. Remember that? And he was blamed, like, how could you do it? Well, because they have a mandate above 2% inflation, you raise rates. You don't, you, in fact, it, you don't have an option. Uh, it, 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 is, it is built in. That's the way it is. When it moves that way, you, you don't discuss it. You just do it. Yeah, no, great, great points and, and, and great you know, points broadly. It's, it's amazing to me, though, how, uh, how granular people try to kind of you know, parse his words and, and, and yeah. comments and, and yes. all this and that. Reminds me yeah. of, of, you know, I'm going to age myself here, but reminds me of those days back with Greenspan and they oh. had the, the briefcase and yes. you know how thick is yeah. the briefcase and yes. uh, is it any indicator at all or it, but uh, yeah markets 
frankly, especially right now, are are, are really living and 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 breathing and dying by what the the Fed is saying and yeah. and and it yeah. even isn't saying. So there's going to be a lot of uh, you know focus on that. Uh, on tomorrow's meeting. What's also coming out uh, tomorrow is four times a year, they they update their economic projections. They're, they're called SEPs or Summary of Economic Projections, where they, they, they forecast economic growth, inflation, the labor market. Now in June, you could make the argue, argument that maybe things were you know painted a, a little bit too rosy, uh, a, a picture for uh, kind of what they're expecting to do on the rate hike side. Uh, maybe it wasn't really filtering through on their expectations for labor market and growth and inflation, uh, et cetera. So we might see a revised uh, summary of economic projections, making kind of economic growth a little lower, labor market uh, unemployment rate a little bit higher, uh, and inflation maybe a little bit more stickier. So these are all things that could potentially move the market tomorrow. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I do have to say, I don't know anyone who takes those um, reports, those projections seriously, because even even in, in the short term, they have to be revised. What about when they're looking out many years? I mean, it, it never holds up. I mean, you can't blame them because as Al, you mentioned Alan Greenspan. So I, he said, I can't even project what's going to happen over the next six months. Yeah, for, for sure. The other thing that I think maybe uh, people take a little bit too seriously is, is the dot plots. Uh, we're yeah. going to get a, a revised dot plot, and uh, a dot plot is just the individual participants where they think the the Fed fund rate is going to be at the end of this year, next year, and then longer term. Uh, yeah. So there is a, a you know it looks like a, a Jackson Pollock painting with just little dots <laughs> everywhere, uh, but yeah. it is going to show presumably a higher median terminal rate uh, relative to June. You know markets expect a terminal rate in that four to four and a half percent range. So maybe we get something that could be a surprise there. But uh, to your point, I, I think a lot of folks pay way too much attention to that as well. So that's, that's something that markets will be watching for, um, you know, with, with that release as well tomorrow. Lawrence, I, I, do you remember, I think a couple of press conferences ago, when they, or when they had this a, a while ago, he even, he even poo-pooed the, the, the dot plus. You remember that? Do you remember I, Powell himself did? Yep. Yeah, I do. And I, I remember he's been saying this, you know, the, to take these dot plots with a grain of, uh, grain of sand. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's, but folks don't because it's being released no. by the Fed. And like we just talked yeah. about, they're, they're going to parse everything and anything that comes out of the Fed for any sort of, uh, you know, maybe some secret message. We need our, our decoder rings on there to see what they're actually really meaning <laughs> when they say this or, or, or what have you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Unfortunately, markets do pay attention to that in the in the short term. So again, that's probably going to add to some uh, some some volatility to the equity markets. Anything else on on central bank week before we get into the the equity markets? Well, yeah, I do. I do want to mention this: is that the market tends to do statistically extremely well on, uh, right at the press conference. It usually that day or that afternoon, uh, the market. I want. I want to say, is it a hundred percent? but certainly be at least 90% of the time, it does extremely well. Maybe it's because Powell specifically has a softer tone when he's speaking uh, and, and, and especially answering questions. Uh, and that the market picks up rays of hope that maybe they'll be finished earlier than the market is projecting. So the market tends to do well on, on um, press conference days. Yeah, good. Yeah, good point. That that hit rate is pretty high, uh, and you know, I think the Fed has a, a pretty 
first of all, they have a pretty impossible task balancing their, their two mandates. But I think uh, Jerome Powell does a pretty good job of communicating the Fed's intentions. And, maybe, and to your point, maybe that does come off as, as maybe a bit more dovish than what the the, the statements and the other releases um, may imply. But uh, yeah, he, he does have a way uh, of calming people's nerves uh, after these yeah. these releases and, and during these press conferences. So well, Lawrence, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. What do you think? Yeah, no. What what do you think? I mean, given that the Riksbank, uh, Swedish central bank, came in with one uh, percent, yeah. uh, we, we've had the Bank of Canada, not the last meeting, but the meeting before one percent. Uh, what do you think with the folks are saying that the Fed could actually do that? So in other words, really front load, uh, get it done now while the labor market is still intact yeah. uh, and come in with one percent. And here's the question for you. Given that Powell said Look, we're going to be data dependent. Uh, that maybe he, they, the Fed feels that they did not have to telegraph to the market uh, that they were shifting from seventy-five base, basis points, three quarters of percent, to one percent, and then and then just does that. I'm just asking, what do you think? Is, yeah, no, it, it, it's a, it's an interesting point. What's what's really interesting is that you know previously the the Fed has kind of really followed the data and, and been data dependent, it seems like the, the Fed is really following kind of market expectations. So I think if mm-hmm. markets were saying that there was a greater than 50-50 probability okay. of a 100 basis point rate hike, they would do it. Uh, but okay. now markets are kind of back in this 75 basis point rate hike. So I, I think that they're really paying attention to what market expectations are. So it's it's okay. certainly a possibility, especially after what we saw today out of, out of uh, Sweden. But mm-hmm. I, I still do lean towards 75 basis points yeah. as the um, as the as the rate hike. And remember, you know, what was it a couple of meetings ago? Not everyone agreed with the, a 75 basis point rate hike. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Loretta Mester from. Uh, right. Yeah. I forget where, where, where she was from, but you know she dissented on this, given the the fact that you know these rate hikes they they take a while to flow into the real economy, and right. maybe that you know being overly aggressive right now, sure it might you know help anchor inflation expectations, but does that dig us into a deeper hole, a deeper recession down the line when these interest mm-hmm. rates do yeah. uh, eventually make their way through the the economy? So uh, I, I do think it's 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 on the table. I think it'll be discussed tomorrow. But I think we still lean towards 75 basis points. So with that, let's turn our attention to equity markets. Uh, You know, we've it's been in a a drawdown here recently, uh, still above the the June lows. But kind of, what are you looking at? What are you thinking about when you look at equities right now? Well, you know, it was it was interesting. Is that the sell-offs that we've had? came just a tad above 3,900 on the S&P 500, right? I, I mean, you'd have a, a really nasty sell-off and somehow it was just, just above 3,900. And of course we broke it on Friday. You could argue that the market was paying attention to the rate uh, treasury yields climbing higher because we saw that on Friday. We saw the two-year push higher, didn't, didn't necessarily stick, but uh, today it is. And uh, we saw the 10-year push higher. But we also had the uh, remarks from the FedEx. Now, granted, um, there are many analysts who suggest, look, much of that had to do with specific FedEx issues, but they still are seen as a bellwether. Uh, And when when, uh, you had a comment that it looked as if we were headed to a global global downturn, uh, the the selling picked up. So the the question is, of course, do we break the the lows that we had? And, you know, it's it's very possible, especially if we see 
more uh, revisions, negative revisions, early negative revisions. If we, if, you know, similarly, if we can have some positive comments and guidance before we really get into the earnings season, it would be helpful to anchor, I think, expectations on where the, uh, what companies are looking at. But I think it would not surprise anyone if the market, uh, especially today, by the way, if he is a bit more negative, if he is seen as more hawkish, and then, you know, it's not enough to have him speak. So if he is a little bit softish, uh, what does the parade of Fed speakers then do when they start coming out with the same message? You know how they try to switch it and say, oh, no, 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 this is, this is really what he meant, kind of, you know? Uh, that, that could push the market lower. And, and again, we have to keep our eye on the yields. Um, you talk about this, Lawrence, is the, is the inverted yield curve um, getting steeper across the curve. I took a look at the three months and 10 year today. Uh, it's getting very flat. It's getting flatter. And folks, the, the three month to the 10 year, according to the um, San Francisco Fed, is the one that has the edge on, on, on looking at uh, impending uh, or, or recessions, uh, uh, correct? Yep, that I is mean, correct. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about flatter. that in just a second. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, no, no, no. no. It, it, it could, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's a great point because yields and, and we try to mm -hmm. you know, glean these market signals from you know, various yeah. markets. And right now, that inverted yield curve is telling us something that maybe we should be paying attention to uh, with these rate hikes. So, and that certainly is going to impact equity. So, no, we're going to talk about that, but that's, that's a fantastic point, Quincy. Well, well th thank you, Lawrence. I learned everything from you, of course. But people always ask, why? why? What's so special about the three month? And the way that I explain it is, it's, it's, it's closer to the real economy. It's closer to what companies, how they see lend borrowing, how they see um, uh, the environment, the economic environment, more so than say the uh, you know the, the the two year to the ten year. Um, similarly, you know if you look at the uh, the, the uh, two year, that one is closer to Fed policy, right? Look at where that is today, the two the two year, and then it filters down to the three year, uh, the three month rather, and and that is one uh, again. Why did the bank uh, San Francisco Fed? close in on that and do the research on that because it's closer to the real economy. It's closer to how companies see the, the environment, how, how they view bank banks, lend, lending, uh, and ultimately default rates and so on. So it's getting awfully close, awfully close yep. this morning. Yep, for, for sure. And again, we'll, we'll touch upon that in just a second. One last question on the on the equities and, and your outlook for equities. Uh, we're still a ways away from the unofficial kickoff to, to earnings season. Uh, I think that's still a, a couple of weeks away. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. But in the interim, it's going to be largely macro driven uh, and, and really markets are going to be focused on, you know, Fed and, and inflation and 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 economic data and maybe not have the same support for, from earnings if they are, uh, you know, a, a lot more positive than markets are expecting? Well, we, we do have earnings. I mean, you know, it, it, at the, I call it the official unofficial it starts with the banks, right? Uh, but we're here from Costco. We're going to hear from a number of the housing, um, the builders are reporting. So we, we will get it, but we're also looking at revisions. And that's extremely important because you don't want to see a spate of negative revisions because what companies will do the way FedEx did is come out early uh, and say, look, we're changing our view. But it, it also, if we have 
positive surprises, it would be very helpful uh, before we get into the actual, uh, what is it? I think it's October 14th when we start that week that starts the banks. Yep, yep, yeah. The the, the FedEx uh, pre-announcement was uh, was a, a game changer for market for markets, and we saw certainly saw equities lower uh, the, the next day. So, and changing our attention to Treasury yields, uh, as as you mentioned, Quincy, we have seen a, a big move higher in, in Treasury yields. Uh, this is the ten-year Treasury yield right now. We've seen about a two hundred basis point or a two percent increase in in the, mm-hmm. the Treasury yield this year. About a hundred basis points or a one percent move higher in in Treasury yields last year. So this 300 basis points move higher in treasury yields since we bottomed back in August of 2020. It's the biggest move higher in yields since 1987. Uh, so we have seen a significant move higher and it's all because of these changing Fed rate hike expectations. So yes. the, the higher the inflation data comes in, the, 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 the I guess the more frequently it, it rises to the upside, we, we can uh, continue to get higher yields uh, in, in the treasury market. But to your point, uh, this inverted yield curve is something that we're paying a lot of attention to. Uh, this is the the difference between two-year treasury yields and, and 10-year treasury yields or three-month treasury yields and, and te- 10-year treasury yields. They are a, a, a important um, kind of market signal that, that we are are paying attention to, listening to. Uh, and, and as the Fed continues to push rates higher, the front end of the yield curve continues to move higher at a faster pace than the, the intermediate, intermediate or long end part of the, the treasury curve. So we are getting this inversion. And again, to your point, these inverted yield curves have, have presaged, you know, every recession over the over the past, I think it's 30 years or so. But yeah, certainly more more uh, or, or different tenors are, are more important than others. The three month tenure, as you as you pointed out, is is the one that has the stronger academic backing uh, from the San Francisco Fed. It's not inverted yet, but it's getting pretty close. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's something that maybe it's flashing a, a little warning sign, warning signal that maybe the economy is is. Uh, about to enter into a recession. It's not our base case this year for a recession. We're about a coin flip that we'll see a recession uh, sometime in, in 2023. But you know, we are paying attention to these market signals, and and right now these these treasury yields are are kind of flashing yellow, if if not red, uh, you know, currently. So something that we are paying attention to. The other chart I wanted to show and and certainly get your your uh, impressions on is. This is the Fed's balance sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Quantitative tightening. This is going to be the wild card, I think, for markets over 2023. So the Fed has a nine, uh, nearly $9 trillion balance sheet made up of, of treasury securities and mortgage-backed securities. It's about um, you know, 40% of, of GDP currently. They want to bring that uh, back to, to 20% of GDP. So they want to you know, remove a sizable amount of treasury securities and, and mortgage securities off their balance sheet. Um, so... This has only happened one other time, and it didn't really end well. Uh, so no. this happened back in, in 2018, 2019, yeah. and they're yeah. only able to remove about 750 billion from their balance yeah. sheet. Now they want to take trillions off their balance sheet, and uh, in, in, a, in a market, a treasury market anyway, that's, that's pretty illiquid currently. Uh, and yeah. there's a lot, you know, the, the economic data is 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 weakening, and I mean, that, I think this is going to be a, a, a monumental challenge for the Fed to actually get their balance sheet down to. Uh, to, you know, closer to 20% of GDP. But how do you see this playing out? Well, you know, I go back to a comment when, when uh, Janet Yellen was going to um, to launch uh, quantitative tightening, remember? And she, what did she say? She described it to the market as, don't worry about it. It'll be like like paint drying. Like you watching paint that? dry, that's like, right. Yeah. Like watching paint dry. Um, 
And it wasn't like that. Yeah, remember the repo market. Just and, and you have to believe though that the Fed is sensitive to that. They 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 went they went through that. What was it? Drying up of liquidity, uh, the overnight market, and and, and they, they work. They do work with banks, but as you've said so often, Lawrence, the liquidity in the treasury market is not what it was, uh, and it's much more difficult. And it, I think, by implication. You meant it's not what it should be. Am, am I right? Uh, yep, you need exactly. more liquidity in that, especially during a period of quantitative tightening, of draining, uh, draining the the balance sheet. Yeah, for sure. And as the the Fed steps away from some of these uh, these treasury uh, treasury markets, mortgage markets, you know, one of the, the the responsibilities of the Fed is to make sure that these markets are are, are fully functioning. And if the Fed as one of the, the largest buyers of treasury securities over the past few years, if they start to reduce their footprint and we start to see the treasury market um, say malfunction a little bit and, and, and freeze up like we saw right before the, the COVID shutdowns, I think that the Fed is going to be stuck in these markets for longer than they than they, they want to be. So uh, something, yeah. again, to, to pay attention to. The uh, There was a research paper out of the Atlanta Fed recently uh, talking about uh, the, the impact of uh, balance sheet reduction on financial conditions. Again, it's not widely known, so they have to do the research. Uh, and, and they think that reducing their balance sheet by about $2.2 trillion over the next three years will add about 25 to 75 basis points of rate hikes uh, in terms of tightening financial conditions. So, it, I mean, even with the Fed and their other other uh, you know economic uh, uh, folks over there, they, they don't really ha have a, a great understanding of how this is going to play out. Uh, so it is something that we're going to watch and, and markets are going to be watching. I think it's going to be a, a big story for, for 2023. Mm -hmm. So with that, um, we'll kind of talk about the week ahead. It's not all about the, the central banks. Certainly the central banks will be getting the most attention this week. There is also a lot of housing data that's, that's coming out this week. Uh, and as we know, the housing market is, is starting to show signs of, of slowing down a little bit. Uh, anything else that you're paying attention to this week, Quincy? No, I'm, I, I'm actually just watching really the rates. I think this is the rates are going to be the guiding the, the equity market. Uh, and we'll see, you know, look, with all this said and done, we are still going to have an oversold market. Uh, we're going to have an overbought market. We're going to have to go th through that that process uh, where where buyers buyers come in. But but I I'm paying very close attention to any guidance we have from the uh, companies that are actually uh, reporting this week. You know they're on a different calendar. You're not every not every company is on the the quarterly calendar. So I'm going to pay attention to that and just pay attention to the uh, to yields, I, th I think the story for the equity market is, is going to come out of the credit markets. So as a fixed income person, we're not used to being the center of the universe. Uh, we like to stay in the background uh, and, and, and eat lunch by ourselves. But right now we are the, the center of the, of the universe. And it's, it's uh, I think until the Fed starts to, to slow their, their rate increases and, the, and yields start to, you know, level out at certain levels the, i think that's going to until that happens the, the equity markets are still going to uh, you know experience a lot of volatility as well so with that we will wrap it up quincy thank you so much for, for joining you. today fantastic insights as, as always neil our, our fantastic producer oh, best yeah. in the world as far as i'm concerned thanks neil for for putting this together and, and making it ready for for public consumption and then of course thanks for for listening 
uh, to all the listeners out there. We will be back next week, same time, same place. Uh, Until then, hope everyone has a great week. Take care, everyone. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency, not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposit or obligations, and may lose value.